welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today, I am here with Lindsay Kellner, Senior Wellness Editor at Mind Body Green and founder of the Well Aware Podcast. For those of my listeners who might not know, Lindsay, give us a little rundown of what you're all about and maybe a little bit about what Well Aware is all about. Hi, everyone. It's such a pleasure to be on the show, and thanks so much, Carrie, for having me. It's hard to put into words, I guess, what what you're all about. Um, but yeah, it's a very you know, broad think, question. <laughs> yeah, I think you know when it comes to the podcast and when it comes to Well Aware, the the dynamic of the words, you know, I chose them intentionally. It's about living a life that's both well and aware. And for me, that definition keeps changing. Um, But ultimately, the narrative thread is about getting to know yourself better so you can be a better person in the world. And so for me on this journey, it's really been figuring out what practices help me do that um, and empowering others to find the practices that help them do the same. Can you tell us for you personally, at this moment in time, what does it mean for you to live well, to live consciously? It's a good question. It's the same question that I ask all of my guests on my show. And the answers that people give me are so thoughtful and lovely. For me right now, it's interesting. I actually, um, it kind of changed this week. I was having a week where I was working some late nights and finding myself in front of my computer and wishing that I was somewhere else. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. You started this podcast five years ago, or sorry, three years ago, and you manifested the literal job of your dreams. And do you have the flexibility to wear yoga clothes to work and do all of these things that you would normally not have the opportunity to do. Um, And yet right now you're feeling trapped. Why, why is this happening? And so in that moment I came up with a mantra and it's the first mantra after mm, 18 years of practicing yoga. It's the first mantra that I've been able to say to myself that doesn't feel bony or like it's trying too hard. That mantra is, in this moment, I am free. And it it really settled in. I was like, wow. So here you are sitting in front of your computer and wishing that you were somewhere else. Why? You're doing exactly the work that you want to be doing. And then I remind myself that I'm free. And it made it so much easier to get back to the task at hand. So in a really long-winded way to answer your question, I think for me right now, it means feeling free in what I'm doing and living consciously. You know, I think that that really means being in the moment. I think that it means being aware of your surroundings and choosing to be where you are. And going through life almost like, you know, if any of you are familiar with meditation, going through life in a way that's kind of like a meditation. I mean, it's so fascinating, even if you just try it for one day where you 
you know, you, you kind of sit down and you, you realize that your brain has wandered somewhere else outside of the room that you're in. How many times a day are you not where you actually are? How many times a day is your mind somewhere else completely? And for me, that's, that's the conscious part. That's the aware part. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm not perfect at this. I'm far from it. I still, I feel like a beginner, um, but it's something that I'm always trying to work on and to improve. I'm curious when you use the phrase free to you, does that have to do with choice or does that have to do with a broader expansiveness or liberation? I am interested in how, if you have like kind of intellectually articulated it, how you've defined what that free feeling means. You know, it's interesting. It, like it's, it's, this is going to go into a longer story. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. So when I was 23, my father passed away and I was young and he had been sick for at least six or seven years leading up to that. So it was a really, really hard time in life. And I, you know, anybody who has lost a parent and, you know, maybe gone through something similar can relate when, when something so dear to you is taken away, things become crystal clear. And I think for me, I, maybe it's partially because I started doing yoga pretty early in life. Um, I was 13 when I took my first class or just an inherent trust in the powers that be. I mean, I'm not particularly religious, but I I really do believe that we can make our own destiny. And, you know, in some small way, even when you feel like you don't have power over what your situation is, you you always do. You can always make a choice and you can always choose. And I think that I think that, you know, you need to really in a lot of different things, especially long term things, when you want to do things well and you don't want to be on autopilot and you want to be present in the moment, you're choosing them again and again and again and again. And, you know, one of the things that became really clear to me when my father passed was taking care of my body and taking care of myself and and moving and bringing that practice to other people. I've been through a yoga teacher training, not teaching actively yet, but in a bigger way, I'm bringing wellness to a much broader audience because I've been given this gift of a platform and have a voice both on my own website and through Mind Body Green. And so I guess if I had to articulate it, it has something to do with that. You were a content strategist in New York mm. City. And then you also mentioned that, you know, you're basically at what you would call a dream job. And I'm curious about that transition and about that choice and how that choice may impact your wellness or change your ability to live well. So I can backtrack and tell you how I got there. Sure. So I started well aware during, I think it was in 2015 is when I started Well Aware, just kind of bred out of this increasing pull toward a wellness practice because I was in a job that I really didn't love. And, and that 
you know, I, I was just not feeling very challenged. And so I wanted to do something on the side, a creative project. It was calling me. And plus, I had come from, you know, having two jobs all the time. So I just like wanted something else to do with my spare time. Wellaware started to grow. It started to grow organically. I still don't have that many Instagram followers. And I do get I still get decent traffic on my blog, even though I haven't updated it in a while. Announcements to come later on that. But the podcast is really where people started to come. And um, I still get emails to this day of people who have listened to the show. And they tell me how it's changed their lives. And they make me cry every time. (laughs) Because there are just so many people who have been affected by these, you know, people that I've had on the show or episodes that I've done on my own. And it's been really cool and really impactful to watch that unfold. And so well aware led me to mind body green. And basically, I ended up creating this job for myself, which was crazy. But I started working with this therapist also at the same time that I started well aware. And I love my therapist so much. But at the beginning, I was like, Judy, you can't just manifest shit like it doesn't happen that way. You know, like I'm like the <laughs> ultimate skeptic. She's like, Lindsay, you can. It's the energy. I'm not making this shit up. And I was like, okay, 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 whatever. So I skeptically put a lot of these practices in place. And lo and behold, this happens. And, you know, forever grateful for that. And just as a skeptic, kind of watching it play out in my own life was like, what the fuck is happening? You know, like, what is this? This Is this real life? Like, I don't even know. You know, I, I have pinch me moments a lot. And I think that it's it's a real a real gift to be able to be authentic. I think that that's really the the biggest takeaway that I've learned is to just be real and be you and follow the things that are calling you uh, no matter what anyone else is doing, because chances are if they're calling you it's for a reason somebody else is probably not doing that and you know what you have to say is valuable and it's going to resonate with people and I think that there's there's a lot of opportunities out there for people who have things they want to say and they have a voice and they have a passion yeah yeah I think that's absolutely true I tell my yoga students my yoga teacher training students you know there are I don't know it's something some ridiculous uh, number that I'll look up and put in the show notes, but there's there's really something like in Manhattan or in New York City, there's something ridiculous like one in seven people is a yoga teacher. I mean, there's just some ridiculous number, and I don't. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, and in a, in in some ways, that's great that we have people who have skills out in the world, not to necessarily professionally teach yoga, although many of them are, but just the skills of life and awareness, things that might not have been taught to us in school, like the skill of breathing and the, and the skill of being aware. and So this, necessary. The skill oh my God. of being able to know the difference between, you know, that inner voice that's calling you to do something and all the outer voices that are making impressions on us. And listen, that's hard. That's a hard skill to learn. And I think that 
you know, for people who have never taken a yoga class before or are just exploring this area for the first time, like know that it took us many, 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 many years to be able to differentiate, at least for me, to be able to differentiate that. I think it has more to do with age than it does with the amount of yoga I've done, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, I think I think as I mean, I can speak for myself as I get older, I care much less about what other people think and more about how I feel in any given situation, which is such a gift. It's such a gift. And it's not because I don't care about other people. The truth is that most people that I care about care about me. And so whatever they're projecting, they might be projecting that, you know, they want me to be happy in a certain way. But at the end of the day, they really just want me to be happy. So if I need to go another way to find it, Mm. I think age and experience has allowed me to accept that I'm the only one who knows the direction that I need to go to get there. And sometimes I don't. And then you fumble around for a while and then you're like, oh, that was an interesting, you know, like a detour I took over there into that world. But there's always something to be learned there. But the people who love you and care about you, I I think, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe this is not a universal thing. And if it's not, then I hope for a future where it is, but the people who care about you just want you to be happy. So if it doesn't look like the happiness that they have set out for you in order to do real good work in the world and feel fulfilled, it needs to be coming from inside oneself. At least that's the case for me. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think, you know, with a lot of people, especially the people who have written in to well aware for the show, they they have a lot of people in their life who don't approve of them following their true path, mm. whatever that means for them. Yeah. And it's just it's one of those things where you're like, you know, why 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 why? And you have to ask yourself, why is somebody, whoever this person might be who's questioning what it is that you want to do, why are they doing that? And you know, if it's because they're, they might be jealous that you're taking this leap and they're not, or they might feel like they're going to be left behind. There are a lot of reasons why someone wouldn't want you to do that. And I think, you know, to, to be able to differentiate from the dissenter's voice, outer voice. And, you know, I mean, we have enough dissenting happening from the inside that when you have dissenters happening and coming at you from the outside, can be a real challenge. But I think that your point is true. You know, at the end of the day, if these people are going to be in your life, you know, they love you, they want you to be happy. And sometimes it's just, you know, seeing it through for for your own, for your own edification and your own sake. Because then that's, that's what happiness is, right? I mean, you, you, and then you hopefully, one hopes when you're in that position, if you've gone over the hurdle and done the thing or changed the job or loved the person that you want to love or, you know, whatever it is that, that could potentially be getting resistance from, from the rest of the world, you know, hopefully the people that love you see the joy and see the joy with which you're doing the work or the joy that you have with your partner or whatever it is and can appreciate that joy. 
And I think that's all we can hope for in that arena. I'm with you on that. There are a couple things I wanted to touch on. Sure. One of them is I, from 10,000 foot view, you have touched on a lot of different arenas of lifestyle branding work, right? You did, you know, four brands and then using influencers and then over at Mind Body Green. And I'm curious, I can't help but bring up something I think is really important in the yoga world right now, which is diversity, um, diversity in body types, diversity in color, diversity in ability, diversity in experience. And I'm curious if you've seen through your experiences over the years, any shifts happening there, or if you have a perspective in particular about diversity in the wellness world. Oh God. Yes, 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 yes. It's, at Mind Body Green is something that's on our minds every day. If you take a look at the site, we purposefully seek out stories that we think are telling the 360 wellness story. Because I think that you can paint a really p- pretty picture about wellness right now. And it's interesting, like I don't, I don't even post that many pictures of myself on my Instagram because it's like, why? I mean, <laughs> sometimes there's a purpose, but... I don't know. I just I've questioned it a lot lately. I I think that everybody has the right to be themselves and to have their voice. I think that it's really important to step out of your comfort zone. And something that, you know, I've felt like has been really detrimental to that is all can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> the fucking algorithms that we have right now. Like I think that I, I want to start a series on on the blog. I've been moved to do it called Outside the Algorithm because, you know, I think if you go on Instagram and you're like, if that's the way that you get all of your trends, for example, and you're on their explore page and you're like looking for something new and fresh and it's more of the same because they're serving you the stuff that they know you've liked in the past. Right. It's so easy to just get inside of your bubble. I mean... We saw this happen in the election where, you know, all of us have been inside of our bubbles and we were totally blindsided by what was happening. And I think that for better, for worse, social media, yes, empowers people to be able to choose all of the different things that they want to follow and all the different causes they want to support. And and it gives them an opportunity to present themselves in the way that they want to present. Um, And I think that's amazing. But what I think that it does do is that it's extremely limiting in terms of being able to expose you to opinions and people and lifestyles that you might not know about. And for that, I say, like, get your, you know, get yourself out of your phone, get yourself out of your computer and like, go live in real life and ask your friends that, you know, like, be involved with their lives and go do shit in real life. Um, that is different. I mean, when it comes to media and when it comes to content, diversity is so important and it's more important now for a lot of different reasons than, than ever before. It would be so boring (laughs) without diversity. And I think, you know, like I said, it's easy to paint a picture of what wellness looks like for a white woman. And what's really sad is that 
that that's the person that showed so much in the ads and the Instagrams and the yoga Instagrams and this and that. And it's like, there's a whole other side. Everybody needs wellness. Everybody needs to feel good. Everybody needs this practice. And it's really, really good for us to learn from each other. I'm going to jump in here for a second, pause this awesome conversation with Lindsay to say thank you. Thanks for listening to Yoga for the Revolution. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, all the other podcast places. If you like the show, subscribe, rate us, tell a friend. You can always find all the back episodes on yogafortherevolution.org. You can write me an email or talk to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash yoga for the revolution or follow on Twitter at Y underscore F underscore T underscore R or on Instagram at yoga for the revolution. All of those channels for better or for worse. And here we are jumping back in to our conversation about how social media and technology is helping or hurting the way we take in information and whether that's expanding our world or contracting it. There, there is a lot more discovery. I mean, technology does allow us for that discovery, but I think you're right. The algorithm traps us into a narrow zone of pre-accepted visuals And honestly, making it difficult to find where you might want to do some exploring. Like if, you know, if I didn't have a lot of friends from different types of communities being like, oh, yeah, this person on Instagram or this person, I've had to rely on on them for it and, you know, get the hashtags from them and do that because otherwise you it's hard to get out of. It's hard to dig yourself out of that hole. I, don't, I also look at Medium a lot. I think Medium is pretty good for reading about different lifestyles and they, they present it in a way that's like, it seems very outside the algorithm. Mm. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Facebook and Instagram, like that is a danger zone, the danger zone. And, it, and I think that like, I want, I want to live outside my algorithm. Like, please show me shit that I do not already know about and things that are beautiful and cool and sad and give me all the feels and like, I want to be served that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a ton of stuff out in the real world that has been on the internet for a while that I didn't know about that now I wish. Like what? I had been unplugged from the matrix. I mean, even negative things, horrible racism and, you know, white supremacy. I didn't, I, I have admitted this on the podcast before to my listeners. I didn't no. And I can only blame myself for not investigating or believing the voices of other people when they were trying to speak up and let us all know what was going on. That said, now I've seen it, you know, now I know that that mm-hmm. was happening, but there is some part of me that thinks if if we were able, if I had been able to unplug from the matrix, for a minute to look outside of that carefully curated world that the internet provides us and keeps us in that safe cocoon. If I had been able to get out of that earlier, none of what has been happening lately would be as surprising to me. 
Um, and I know it's surprising to a lot of people and then to a whole slew of other people, they're not surprised at all. You know, they're like, no, this is out there. This is exactly what we've all been dealing with. And I, you know, I can feel some resentment towards those of us who are new to the game and saying, well, I I didn't know, you know, I'm still kind of parsing through my own kind of feelings about that. And white supremacy is not about my feelings. So I don't need to go too deep into that. But, you know, I do think some of the life outside the algorithm can help us live in the real world amidst all of the experiences. And I'm so glad that you kind of coined that phrase. And I will think of you every time I unplug myself from the matrix and go live outside the algorithm. I like that phrase. I think, you know, I just think that it's, it's time. And I think that if you want a different experience, especially if you're a white person who feels this responsibility and, or you feel moved, go volunteer your time, go donate your money, do shit. I I think that going to a new place, like just take yourself out of your normal routine, like go to a different yoga studio, you know, just actually be, be there, be present and learn and realize that, there's still so much that we don't know. And I think that our experience in life is not any less valid. But I also think that now is the time to really start to get comfortable being feeling these feelings of discomfort. Of course, of course, we feel disgusting and weird because this is really happening on behalf of a lot of us. And like, of course, not all of us feel that way, but how shameful and how, how awful and how visceral, you know, I know I'm not doing it justice right now, but I just, I just feel like my biggest charge right now is to put myself in situations where I'm learning and, and serving and being open and doing the best that I can because At the end of the day, you know, we're all people. And the fact of the matter is that our brothers and sisters need us and we're allies and we have to show that. I agree. It's all about learning and being uncomfortable. I mean, what a small, small price to pay for the growth that is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Just be a little uncomfortable. And it might maybe make so many things so much better. If, you know, just a few more people get uncomfortable, it could make a lot more people comfortable. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, starting reading, even if you're reading something is making you uncomfortable, like, continue to read it. It's, it's our job as informed citizens to, to do that. Yeah. Use your yoga. Take a deep breath. Know that yeah. it'll, that an emotion will pass, you know, that you can ride it or that you can sink into it and, and use your skills and just keep going. I agree. I know you mentioned you have a couple new things in the books or some things coming up in the works. Uh, is that something you'd like to talk about and share with us for a minute? What can we look forward to? Sure. So I'm excited because after a long time coming, I will be relaunching Well Aware. It's going to have 
a new look and feel that I'm really excited about. And that is going to be leading up to the release of my very first book that I'm co-writing with one of my colleagues, Emma Lowy, and the two of us are writing it together. It's called The Spirit Almanac, and I'll leave it at that, but it comes out in October of 2018. So I'm very excited. That is really exciting. We were talking about it a little before, and you just let me know when the pre-order happens, and <laughs> for sure, I'm on the list. For sure, absolutely. Lindsay, this has been more interesting than I could have hoped for. Good. I'm glad. Thank you so much for joining us. This has really been great. Before we go, if you want to share with us, where can people find you? You can find me at my blog. So it's www.well-aware.co. No M. So it's just .co. And on Instagram is a where I do most of my posting, that is well aware underscore all one word. You can also find me on Mind Body Green. If you look for my name on there, it's Lindsay Kellner. Again, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm. It's been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Until next time, everybody, keep breathing and live to fight another day. Bye.